Yo, welcome back to another week of Making Sense. What's up, peoples? It's your boy, Jay, here. And yours truly. Back in the building. Uh, he's missed. Listen to the last two weeks, he hasn't been about. He's uh, absconded. No, what I'd, have you been doing, bro? Some, what interesting stuff have you been doing? I had, I had some um, life, life admin to do. <laughs> life admin? Yeah, life administration. She's never referred to the other half as life admin again. Nah, mate, it's not just her, it's loads of stuff. So it, she's a part of life. Loads of stuff going on, mate. in trouble when she hears this, bro. I tried to shoot you some bell. I tried to give you an opportunity to get yourself out of it. But back. So it's just just the guys in the building today, just me and Francis. Uh, well, we have a lady in the room, but she doesn't want to talk. Nah. Yeah, uh, our fifth member. Who, you know, re- refuses to cooperate with her father, but such is life. It's only getting worse as she gets older. Um, but yeah, so welcome back. Uh, what are we discussing this week, bro? Uh, we're going to talk about austerity in Africa imported from the West. People are probably thinking, what is this guy talking about again? Yeah, but that's the whole point, right? They yeah. start the episode thinking like that and they end the episode in This is it. But after the episode, it'll make a lot more sense. Indeed. Um, but yeah, this is something I've been aware of, not just in Africa, but in uh, Jamaica. If you listen to any old school reggae songs, they'll keep on telling you about the IMF and what they've done to Jamaica. Uh, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Okay. They always they, There is a, definitely a bad reputation of the IMF in Jamaica because of this imported and imposed austerity. So schools, hospitals and stuff like that, that can't be built. And then what's that do to the fabric of society? So that's essentially what I think, I think Francis is going to yeah, go Yeah, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. I try to be. I try to be. Spot on. You know? yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. I'm there, I know. I'm there, I know. Anyway, sorry for my poor Jamaican accent. Um, but yeah, before we get into the, the crux of it, uh, I think we'll hit you with our my favourite part of the episode anyway, yeah. which is our trusty disclaimer. Please listen closely. So as per usual, this is food for thought. Don't take us to gospel. Do your own research mm. before you do anything. We're not financial advisors. We're not here to give you investment advice. We're just bringing you the facts, giving you both sides of the same coin, and we'll let you make the decision. Indeed. We're trying to give you some information for you to make some informed and sensible choices in your financial life. Your personal life, that's on you. That's You can do whatever craziness you want. Indeed. But as long as you're sensible with your money, I think me, Francis, and the ladies here will be happy. Yeah, we'll sleep at night. I'll do that anyway, to be fair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, where are you kicking off, bro? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just thought it might be good to explain what austerity actually is. Mm-hmm. Austerity measures, what they are. Yep, yep, yep. For our listeners, for our younger listeners or our listeners that just don't know what it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You guys might remember 2015, or maybe it was before, um, George Osborne came, made an announcement saying we need to tighten our belts. The UK was spending way too much on debt, et cetera, et cetera. So, he said they need to make cuts. Yep. So he's going to implement austerity measures, which is basically meant cuts in every sector. Yeah, so government yeah. sector, um, they were they were what do you call it? They were spending less. Mm-hmm. So less was going towards the NHS, yeah. towards education, social services, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So austerity measures, simply put, it just means when uh, government officials take to um, some kind of I don't know how do I call it. Any any steps which involve which which you any steps you undertake during adverse economic conditions. Okay, that's the official whatever the official term, terminology anyway. Mm-hmm. You, so you take steps to reduce the budget deficit, Got which you. just means you're basically trying to make sure you're not spending a lot more than you have coming in. Exactly, and that's what the deficit. Yeah, is. I went all the way around just you to did. say that. <coughs> but it's cool, you know. Some people, everyone learns different ways, right? So to put simply. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish, sorry. 
um, the deficit literally is that it's the difference between what a government is spending versus what they have coming in, what they're generating in income. Um, you can have a surplus where you're making more than you're spending or you can have a deficit. deficit. And the Labour government, which the Tories took over from, were running a deficit at the time. Uh, so yeah, when the Tories kind of fully got in power, that was their first thing to do was to say we're cutting spending to cut that, that gap essentially. Uh, what that means for us is everything Francis just said. Less spending on NHS, on education, on policing, and you know, not saying anything. But there's no coincidence that those are the places that we're hearing are suffering from a you know from a social services or whatever you want to call them uh, point of view. You know, teachers are stressed out; they're having to buy their own equipment. Police are saying that there's not enough of them on the streets. And NHS, you got to wait for maybe two weeks to be seen in A and E, right? So. Yeah, it's quite interesting because I saw yes. a meme and it said that austerity is, I think I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly, but it's saying basically it's an attack on the poor. Yeah. Because, you know, the government officials who will be advocating austerity are probably very unlikely to be yeah, affected they're, by they're it. not feeling the pinch. Exactly. And I think they're that's not, my <clears> issue with it. Yeah. And, and today I just want to talk about how that kind of gets imposed on Africa from the West. That'll be interesting. When I say the about. West, the IMF, as you mentioned, or the World Bank. Yep. So all these big institutions that um in the name of helping developing nations, mm -hmm. you know, they'll give them big loans to spur growth, to help them overcome some kind of economic shock, whatever. But as a result of that, they impose these restrictions on them. Yeah. And a lot of these countries are forced to accept it because they're unable to raise money elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So which is pretty much the bottom line and um with with africa uh, spe specifically usually most governments if they have less coming in than they're spending what they do is they issue bonds right mm -hmm. government bonds yep. that's their way of raising money to fill fill the gap right yep, yep, yep. now in african nations as it already stands because they're not as developed as developing nations if they want to raise money issue bonds they have to pay quite a lot of interest. <coughs> Sorry. Of course. They pay a lot more interest yeah, compared to the Western world, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So a, a country which is struggling economically has to pay even more. Yeah, That's if it can get yeah. access to even uh, to, have in, to have investors buy their bonds. That's if it can happen. Mm -hmm. If it can't, then the IMF is basically their last resort. The IMF for the World Bank is their last resort. So it's not a kind of, they don't go there willingly. Mm -hmm. It's like almost they're forced to go there in Got most you. cases. Got you. <clears throat> so wasn't I, I think you spoke to me about a bond that was being issued in Ghana, was it? Yes. And was it being aimed at the diaspora? Yeah. So the diaspora one that is, is currently in discussion, they haven't issued okay. issued it yet, mm -hmm, but they mm -hmm. want to issue it. Got you. But funny enough, well, there's nothing funny about it. But last week, Ghana actually issued a bond. Okay. Um, a a US US dollar bond, and um, I can't remember exact exactly how much it was, mm -hmm. but it was oversubscribed. I.e., let's just say they wanted to issue i don't know one billion yeah you borrow one billion you had about you had investors asking for something worth of five or six billion wow. so it was a lot more yeah, demand more for demand it than, supply. which i was really surprised by <clears throat> i'm i'm and i'm not surprised if i'm honest i think just because of the time we're in right now i think there's very much um uh, i don't want to call it afrocentric but it's the only thing that comes to mind right now yeah. i think that vibe is there i think there's a lot of people that want to do something especially in the diaspora if you're in America like they wanting to be part of Africa now so would that wouldn't surprise and also I think some people are seeing what's going on in America in the UK and in China and are thinking okay maybe let me take a shot on somewhere in Africa you know it's supposed to be an emerging place a youth economy you know all that kind of stuff I'm not I'm not completely surprised but yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a little bit of a shock yeah it is 
Um, so yeah, so my my the point I'm kind of I want to make is that it's um it's particularly bad for Africa because mm. when, for example, you have an austerity measure in, in the West in most Western worlds, for example, the, uh, the IMF might give you whatever money you need, and then they will say, um, need to shut picture. They will say they will give you specific terms, right? They will say something like, after we've given you the money, you're not allowed to borrow any more money, for example. Mm. They might say to you, your, your debt as a percentage of your GDP cannot go above Bug X it. percent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to give you an example, in most developing nations, the IMF will say your debt to GDP cannot go above 50%. Okay. That's just some kind of it's not a a strict figure but yeah most cases that's the case um in the western world that gdp levels are way more over 1800 in uh, japan is close to 300 so you that that in itself there's 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 a huge disparity. difference yeah. but, but what what explains it is you, you have to think of it this way if the U, uk pays around 1.8% right on 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 i don't know on a 2 to 10 year bond mm. Um, somewhere in, in Ghana, you'll be paying something like six, seven percent. So, you, even if you're paying that only on half, so if you raise, if you have debt equiv- equivalent to half of your GDP, yeah, that's a huge amount you're paying seven percent on. Yeah, the UK they could have the same, but, but the one it's a lot lower. <clears throat> that's okay, I got you. Yeah, and, and and that was gonna be my point, right? Yeah, like I'm sh- I'm sure the IMF or the World Bank have their reasonings that they give out for imposing these austerity measures. Yeah, and it's like, which is how mainly, reasonable do you think they are? Yeah, they're not very reasonable gotcha. because the the primary aim is for them to collect their money back. Mm. Now, with that being said, there was this whole big campaign, I think it was in 20, 2005, yeah. uh, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, etc. They um, kind of got the G7, so group of seven countries together to kind of um, encourage them to I don't know, wipe off the debt owned by most by the poorest nations basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and something did happen they i think it was around 30 billion deal they made okay. so 30 billion worth of debt was wiped, wiped out was cancelled okay to the third 30 most poorest countries were there any stipulations on that no that was it okay. there was no and most of them were in africa anyway okay okay so yeah th- these kind of initiatives do happen but principally if the imf gives you a loan or once you join the imf program and they give you some money their aim is to get their money back. So they might say to you, oh, one of the restrictions might be you have to have a, a balance of X amount, uh, of X percent, right? Mm. So after you've you've paid things, after you've, you've, you've raised money through your taxes, whatever, you've paid all your debts, whatever, every year they want you to have a certain amount of surplus. Got you. Now these surpluses are huge, right? Mm. In relation to, to um, what they would have been if they weren't in a program. So... What happens then is these countries essentially you're forced to meet these targets. If you don't meet these targets, you could easily be taken out of the program and that you will crash completely. Yeah. So um similar to what's happening here, they have to start giving less money to basic necessity programs within the countries, yeah, right? Of course. So over here I was saying what the NHS you could they don't give enough um, money to, to the NHS. In most African nations there isn't an NHS, right? So that little bit of health service, whatever they mm-hmm, have, mm-hmm. they might have to cut that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um they might the governments might have to step back and let the IMF lead most programs within their own country. Got you. So, so they you have sovereignty. Yeah. Yeah. So you lose some of your exactly you can't make the rules you want to make. Yeah. 
Um, which are going to be in the best interest of your people. Exactly. Some some African countries might have policies where they kind of protect their local industries. Mm-hmm. The IMF might so override that. Right? It's so funny, right? Because I think in Western, sorry to cut you, but in Western societies, they often look at, you know, uh, the poor nations in Africa and maybe even South America as well literally from the point of view of it's their fault like they're like that it's mismanagement it's corruption yeah. it's their for quote unquote stupid or yeah. un, you know unable yeah. to yeah. Yeah. Uh, efficiently run their, their economies where it's not really they're just in a no. very very bad deal no and, and and above all what people forget is most of these emerging countries maybe not Latin America but Africa specifically mm-hmm. They're very, very young countries, right? Yeah, I know. That's one if, thing definitely would have If you go back to the 1800s, whatever, the US was, was full of tariffs, um, protecting their industries. You yeah, couldn't really yeah, import yeah, things yeah. in because you'd you pay something like 50% tariffs on it. So they were very isolated and very protectionist, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If a developing nation does that now, people are like, no, but why do you have these policies? And that is my you're, major issue. You're stopping like yourself from growth. They, they stopped the rest of the world from doing what they did to become what they are now. Yeah. That's, that's my major issue. Yeah. 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 So, so, so those are the things the IMF kind of does. So um, they impose all these restrictions on you mm-hmm. where it's almost like the policies they're doing to help you are going against you yeah, in course. a way, right? They are. They are. Um, one of the other issues I have is a lot of the... <clears throat> A lot of the reasons that leads to African nations even requiring this money are not short-term issues that happened mm. that can be fixed in a few months or years. Yeah, They're yeah. usually long-term, systemic, you know, kind of secular issues that come over five or ten yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but no, but the IMF programs only take a few years, right? Gotcha. So they give you the money, but they they only put you in a program for three, maybe four years. And during that time, they're trying to make their money back and yeah, restructure yeah, yeah, how you work. Yeah. It doesn't often happen. And that's the thing. So yeah, the IMF, and they're not a charity. Their, their, their interest isn't to see Africa become no. better. As you say, no. it's to get their money. It's to get them. Once once you're in that program, it's to get the money. So if it just so, feels like payday loans, but on a national scale. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. You know, we're here to exploit. And, I, and obviously not completely the same. But the reason why I say that is, these uh, creditors they're exploiting the poorest yeah they are you know and okay these people desperately need the money because they're super poor so I can charge them the most interest yeah and yeah. what we don't help ourselves in a lot of situations mm. because we have corrupt governments yeah so a lot of the times the money doesn't even go to where it's yeah, intended it to, to go to to. that's another issue so if if you look at somewhere like Turkey right yeah <clears throat> sorry you're right. after yeah it's just my throat oh. after last year there was all this trade war I don't know if you remember Donald Trump's um yeah what was that over some teacher or something yeah yes yeah so they arrested this teacher turkey said he was a spy yes 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 yes, so they arrested him um trump was like no he's not a spy let the teacher go they were saying no um trump just trump said he's going to issue tariffs on turkish imports Mm. the turkish lira slumped yes uh currency was doing really bad yeah i remember you mentioned it on the episode yeah businesses were doing bad so the economy actually contracted significantly it got to the point where People are saying Turkey should enter an IMF program or at least apply for it. <laughs> but Erdogan, the Turkish president, he hates the IMF with a passion. Okay, I can imagine. Right? That. So he stands up and says, there's no way in hell Turkey will ever go to the IMF. Wow. He hates them. Mm. He hates them. He hates, the f- he hates the policies they do. Another thing a lot of the times the IMF will do is they will make you devalue your currency. Yeah. And also raise interest rates. So not only are they making things expensive for the locals, <laughs> they're making things for cheaper for people buying into your country. 
So it's like a double whammy. Yeah, it's really exploitative. Yeah, so Erdogan, he's doing everything he can to stop his currency from devaluing. Gotcha. So he's imposing restrictions on how much banks, how much dollars banks are yeah, allowed. Yeah, I heard, remember him. So he's, do, he, you know, he's like someone who's kind of stepping up to the West, right? But See, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's going to turn out well for him or mm, Turkey. Generally doesn't, right? That, no, generally doesn't. That remains to be seen. <clears throat> so what I would say, so I'd imagine that the the funding that African leaders are seeking from China is an alternative to going to the IMF, I imagine. It it depends. If It depends. It dep- I guess yes, because mm. if you need money, you need money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of the times, the, the, the money that um, African nations are getting from Chinese is to build stuff usually mm-hmm. it's for infrastructure it's for whatever whatever mm-hmm. whereas the IMF is more like there's an issue there's an economic slump where they need the money sometimes they take the money to pay other debts Mad. right so they might owe several billion to country B mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they might um, get a loan from IMF to pay for that and then just uh, owe the IMF because mm-hmm. they'll have lower interest rates that can also happen Mad. <clears throat> so let's bring it back to the, the original thing of austerity do you think it works? Because, Did, uh, sorry to cut you, yeah. but okay, Africa as a continent is in a situation where we owe a lot of people a lot of money and that's really hindering the progress that the continent should and could be making. Like, I'm trying to think, okay, what is, how do you get out of it? Or do we always stay in a situation where we're having to rely on these people that exploit us? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think how to get out of it is to, not having to rely on other nations mm. or, or even no I, I guess every nation borrows money even when the US yeah, borrows so much do, money right from but China. The, exactly but the terms are a lot better mm. right and a lot of things I know a lot of the decisions are in their own hands got you right so maybe that's where we need to get to but above all as you say we should have enough growth in Africa that we're not reliant on handouts or yeah, help yeah, from other yeah. nations right I think Africa needs to find its competitive advantage and kind of exploit that a bit more. Yeah, I think but I the, don't know the what Westerners found it before they did and they exploited it before they got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's no, but it's the truth. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what... Because what, it feels like all the ingredients are in, on the continent. Yeah, yeah. But if the, the end product isn't... Yeah, Never. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So that's interesting because yeah. I, I, I just... Even here, the austerity here, I, I just don't think it's worked. Okay, yeah. Apparently, there, there, our deficits come down. There's, yeah, there's all these these academic art essays, whatever mm. articles on on both sides. So one's claiming it helps, the other side is saying no, it doesn't help. Mm. So I don't really know where I stand. It's likewise, you know, I'm not really 100 percent sure. I guess I haven't done enough research, mm. but the evidence seems that. It, in, in many situations it does more harm than good exactly it does a lot of social harm it, yeah. it may do financial benefit yeah it, it can lead to depression it, that course. happened in Argentina in the early uh, 90s it, it led to severe depression right over like four years or something crazy and that was during an IMF bailout mm. right? and those things have long term yeah yeah it, ha- on it happens country, in right? Greece as well to 2011 the Euro Eurozone debt crisis yeah, with Greece yeah, yeah. IMF bailed them out again these super restrictive policies imposed onto them um in in venezuela they they used to call them um they so those weren't necessarily imf kind of they weren't an imf program mm. those were imf loans but uh venezuela owed so much money to international investors got you. and it got to some point where uh hugo chavez they were paying those investors 
but they weren't looking after their their, their own nationals, right? So the bonds were called hunger bonds. <laughs> they were saying the, the locals are starving, but yet you're paying back these debts. Wow. You know? And that's what happened in Argentina when this the last um, president, that, that lady, I can't I don't I remember her name. Yeah, we'll tweet. Don't say it'll be in the show notes. No, it won't. But the last, the last Argentina, I don't even know if she was the president or prime minister. Um, yeah, she just said, no, they're not paying any debtors. So they cancelled all the loans. They said, we're not paying anyone. What's the worst that can happen if a country defaults on its debts? No one will ever borrow your money. Mm, lend. Uh, sorry, lend sorry, that money. is a bugbear of mine. I hate when people same, say that. Same, 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 same. Uh, yeah, people just stop lending you money. Very simple. Mm. That's what happened to Argentina. It's only a few years ago that Argentina was able to borrow money again. <sighs> like, um, the economics between countries is, is fascinating. I won't lie to you. It, it, it is. It's very complex, but it's very yeah. interesting. If you have the time to kind of delve into it, it's very, very interesting. <clears throat> so um, I think so for your atypical making sense listener because I always try and bring it back to you know how it can be relevant to them I suppose many of them will be from the diaspora wherever the Caribbean I or, assume or, so. or Africa I uh, assume so generally um, is it a case that you know they should be more aware of what's happening in terms of what what, yeah. in, what policies the IMF are imposing on their country I think this is just one of those things it's it's always good to know yeah that, you know, yeah What's your your country actually going through at the moment? A hundred percent. What has been going through? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. What is your country going through? You know, because I think everyone's got the energy of wanting to go back and do something. Yeah. But I think maybe you need to understand the situation before you go back, right? Yeah. So you can and, make sure what you do is correct. And it also helps when a lot of times you might hear your parents say something like, oh, they're all corrupt or they're all doing this. Yeah. Or they don't even know what they're doing. Sometimes it helps to read a little bit deeper to actually understand. Okay, 100%. sometimes their hands are actually tight that there's yeah, nothing 100%. they can do, right? Yeah. Um, like in Ghana, there's there's a lot of Chinese people. Mm. Um, there's a lot of gold mines, right? That in certain regions they're contaminating the water. Yeah, I heard Chinese about people, that. but the the officials aren't doing anything. Why? They can't. Mm. Right? You go and do whatever you're doing. Someone stops certain monies from getting to you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, man. It just really baffled me. I wonder when do, do we get to a place where we're no, where we're no longer being exploited this badly? You know, I was to, I was talking to my my friend. There's this book, right? It's called Gun, Guns, Germs, and Steel. Okay, I don't know if you've read it. I haven't. Guns, Germs, and Steel. I'm still reading and, the Phoenix Project, which if you're into IT, you'll know about it. But go ahead. Guns, Germs, and Steel. It basically it it goes way back. It, it's very it's a very factual book. Gotcha. He doesn't give much of opinions. It's all very factual, okay. right? And he goes as far back as saying, um, way 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 back in the day, before you had civil societies, mm-hmm. he has cases that he's arguing. Things were decided then, not now, right? So he's saying you had d- different civil- civilization groups, right? You had the ones where the sedentary ones, so they they were they stayed at one place, right? They had food, mm-hmm. they um, they developed agriculture, blah blah blah. Yep, yep. Now, if you look at nations now, mm-hmm. if you go way back in time, those nations that developed agriculture today are the most advanced. Is that a coincidence? He says no. He says they developed these agricultural tools, techniques. As a byproduct, they developed um, weapons. Yeah, yeah. They developed um, administrations, governments. Um, They developed different groups. There were soldiers. There were people looking for food. There were this. Um, Civilizations that didn't do that, that just traveled that way. What's the word for travel? Anyway. I don't want to say nomadic. Nomadic, yes. Nomadic. Okay. 
even today a lot of them didn't really develop mm. right so he got and then he, he even makes points about diseases right okay he said when the first europeans went to latin america they took so many diseases there that it killed half of the population without one fight wow diseases common cold flu yeah, yeah it killed yeah, half yeah, of yeah. the the population in latin america because they were not exposed to these like um measles yeah, chicken, yeah, 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 half of, of them died right and it's it's just by chance because the europeans used to live with animals with cows sheep. there were lots of diseases crossing over changing mutations blah 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 they were used to all of that stuff yeah, yeah when it yeah. got to latin america they weren't so saying a lot of these things you can all kind of link it back to today so it's almost like where where are you from mm-hmm. uh, the nations what was it doing back then what kind of um, civilization did you have all of that played the role into what's happening today gotcha. and in a way to me it makes sense in a way mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. it's not you can't just rely on solely yeah, that yeah, yeah. but he makes a lot of points which are really really intelligent and they make sense mm-hmm. so anyone guns guns germs and steel I okay forgot the guy's name guns, um, germs and steel okay, yeah we'll find something it. to look at but um but yeah, and j- just to take it back to the IMF most mm. recently, so Mozambique, they're in the IMF program as it stands. Okay. You may have heard there was this cyclone there. Yeah, I did. Which is called I-D-A-I, I-D-A-I yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Not I-D-A-I, yeah. No, not I-D-A-I. I-D-A-I. <laughs> so, um, some, some, um, so, so people are actually, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, um, they're petitioning for the IMF to wipe out any debt that Mozambique owes simply because right now they're not going to be able to cover any payments right that they, they, they've already been labeled as as um what do you debt distress so if you're if you're labeled debt distress that means default is imminent this is gotcha. going to happen okay okay um but yeah they said no imf said no Whoa, but yeah they're it's, a, it's, what, are they a bank um you can call them that i mean that they're, they're not they're a soup what's it called supra Supra sovereign something something. Okay, they're yeah. a bank. Yeah, <laughs> they're a bank. Uh, but they used to be a development bank after the Second World War. Okay, is that was that their inception? Yeah, they were world. They were a development bank. They were just funding countries, helping them rebuild that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So they yeah. used to be. Maybe mm-hmm. they just don't want to do that for African ones. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. But yeah, um, that's that's kind of you know a few points I wanted cool. to get across. So I. Where do you think these kind of measures continue into the future? I think that's probably where it'll be most relevant for our So their I home think, countries, yeah. what are they going to be looking like in the next I five to th- ten I think years if, if nothing happens, then mm. the future is just going to look like it looks now. Mm. If nothing happens, what is it going to take for something to happen? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I hate to be a pessimist, but it's not looking good. <laughs> and the only solution I have, I don't know if it would work, because the only, the, literally, the only thing that comes to mind is the the diaspora becoming more engaged. But sometimes I think, is that even enough? I don't, and that's what I'm saying. I don't is know, that, but it does. That's the only thing that comes to mind, and I hear you saying it might not be enough. And I, I you know, but what else? What else is there? Well, I have no idea what else there could be. Yeah, and and one thing also, just kind of going off topic, but mm. this book guns germs and steel he he looks at so he looks at this whole narrative of you know back in the day these supposed white scientists used to say black people are inferior yeah, right just yeah. by due to being black right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he kind of debunks he goes into it and he rips it apart this guy's oh, wow. white by the way right okay. so he just shows his complete nonsense right mm. he gives all these and then he goes even further and shows that actually black people are not just in africa right they're all over the place, Got right? You. He, Australia, you name it, yeah, everywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And 
from then i kind of i kind of start thinking okay so well but in that case what does it actually mean to be black right because mm. before if someone says to me someone is black they might not necessarily be from africa but i would say okay they originate from, from there africa. at some point yeah, right yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. a few hundred years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's not the case because thousands of years you have black people in different places yeah so it's kind of changed my outlook right okay where now i'm kind of thinking well anyone can be black then right you tell me that's interesting guys well i I tweeted that the other day so there was a picture of this uh white lady who decided to she's 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 white and she but she's put on extreme tan basically blackface and now it's to make herself look black and my tweet was i'm just waiting for people to start identifying as as black well and we have to take them seriously i mean Um, i would never do that but (laughs) we'll take them seriously to to me you can only be born black yeah i agreed like as i said and someone tried to call me uh transphobic I, even though I mentioned nothing trans- about phobia. transgender people at all, yeah, my, but that's not that's transracial. You uh, got it whatever wrong. it is, I, my, I I even look back through my tweets to say when did I say anything about trans people because they weren't even in my mind at the time. Um, but for me, at some point, we have to like respect science in it. Like <sighs> you can feel how you want to feel, but I'm going to yeah. that. I need science. I need clarity. That's just how my mind works. Okay, but yeah. Anyway, but yeah, nothing it. against the, the LGBTQ community. That's yeah. it's not my issue. It's not at all. We have different issues to discuss. Indeed, like austerity in our home nation. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So we've got to a point where we know what austerity is. We know that it's being imposed on our home nations and that's, you know, hindering their development. We know in that many ways, yeah. the solution to it just seems to be like, okay, no one seems to know. And if nothing happens, our countries are going to remain where they are and they're not going to fulfill the potential they have because I think there's a lot of potential. And just to add, more developed countries that get help from the IMF, um, that also happens. Like Pakistan at the moment is in negotiations to get between eight and nine billion loan program from the IMF. So that's, again, that's slightly different. Mm. Um, So again, not to make the IMF seem complete completely bad right and and you know after this i think i will do a bit because i I listen to a few of their podcasts it's not doesn't really speak about the imf programs yeah it just mainly talks about you know how they envision the world yeah yeah they're very much yeah yeah Yeah, it it doesn't talk about the things they're actually doing which is you know i'm sure on purpose um but yeah i'm definitely going to be more mindful and research more what measures they're imposing on our home countries um i don't know what influence we could have on them is it a case is that an option that Maybe more of us petition them. Does that have any influence? Probably not. I don't know. Well, yeah, probably not. I don't think they they raise most of their money from the US and most mm. of the Western world. So, so is it the diaspora in the US? You know, if if they could be organized and put pressure on their local, maybe. But they uh, need to have a voice mm. and they need to have power, right? I don't know if they or we do, but again, anything can happen, right? Mm. So, yes, essentially, um, because our home countries are in need of money, because they're in massive debt from history, uh, the IMF are giving them money, but also telling them that how to run their countries. And those measures are in a way that don't benefit the local people, uh, which doesn't mean good things for our home countries, I'm afraid. It doesn't. Um, so, yeah, uh, keep aware of it, um, read up on it, and at least you now know that, you know, the, the lack of development where you're from isn't solely down to corruption, uh, mismanagement, and people just not being good at their jobs. Some of it is because their hands are tied. I think that's the main takeaway I'm taking from this episode. That's it. Same. Cool. All right. So that was a nice, quick, short one for you guys. Yeah, that's how we roll. Indeed. It's short and snappy. It makes sense quickly. 
And I hope you enjoyed. Uh, if there's anything else you want to hear from us, you know, you can always shout us on the socials, Making Sense PC, uh, info at makingsensepodcast.com for the emails. Um, yeah, I don't know. You got anything else? Yeah, that's it. All right, guys. Enjoy. Get back to work. Get back to sleep. Clean your house, whatever you're doing when you're listening to us. Remember, subscribe, comment, share. Um, send to your... Ah, this will be a good episode to send to your parents. Yeah. You know? So if you're, you know, in your 30s or 20s and you listen to us, send this to your parents so they can know what's happening in their home countries. It's not like what Francis said, just because it's just corruption. There's some actual tangible reasons as to why their home countries aren't doing so well. And that's all for me. All right. Peace. Peace out.